0: So, there's, I had a few ideas this morning, uh, I was uh, reading my Bible this morning, and uh, asking the Lord what should I do for a message or a devotional or whatever, or what should I do for this afternoon, and I had a couple different ideas, and it's just I wasn't settled on it. I was praying Lord, could you just give me something that just really sticks out? And and uh, earlier, I, I received a message from a friend of mine. He says, "Could you check out this video? What do you think of this guy? I think he's biblical?" And so I looked at the video, a bit bits of it, and uh, it sounded pretty good. And uh, but it was the the title that really got me. So I'm not claiming you know ownership of the title of this. I'm kind of I guess you could call it Biblical plagiarism a little bit. is stealing from him the idea of the title, but I'm gonna go through uh, how I would answer this question. And the title is Asymptomatic Salvation. Now, what does asymptomatic mean? Uh, roughly, the idea that you could be sick and not even know it, you have no symptoms, no signs, no evidences, there's nothing. Well, there's a lot of that as we see in this day and age now people are saying they believe in god they believe in jesus they go that they they automatically go to biblical answers and you you ask them but you take a look at them there's absolutely nothing in their life there's no sign it seems no conviction there's nothing and uh, just makes you wonder are they saved so we're going to take a look at this is it possible can a person be saved and have zero signs, zero evidence? What does the Bible have to say on this? Because I know this is a highly controversial, uh, highly contentious topic in a lot of circles, From the especially the super, hyper, easy, believist ones. Uh, all you have to do is one, two, three, repeat after me. Say this magic incantation, you're all good, and go live however you want. And now there is on this uh, end of the scale, no, you have to maintain and earn to gain. You have to do all the works or else you can't get in. Well, okay, what does the Bible actually have to say on this? So, we're going to start with John chapter 10. Please turn to John chapter 10. I have a bunch of references here that we're just kind of going to look at. This is going to be such a a deep, you know, sermon, but just going to look at some things in the Bible and... What I would like you to do is to take these things and think about it. According to the word of God, take these passages, and especially you know the drill, get your Bible your notepad, and your pen, jot down all the notes. I'm not pointing at you in the front row and putting it in the camera. <laughs> and uh, yeah, make sure to write these things down, do the study yourself, as the Bereans are more noble because they searched the scriptures to see if these things are so. Your feelings, your opinions are irrelevant. What does the word of God say? So John chapter 10, Okay, let's go down to verse 25. John chapter 10, verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Let's pray. Our Lord, we do thank you for this day and this time, and Lord, this ability to look in your word. I pray that you would help us, you'd strengthen us, you'd teach us, that by your Spirit you cause us to be in remembrance of everything where you have told us. Lord, that you bless this time. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, so the first thing I want to look at here is the uh, presentation that Jesus makes here. If you back up actually into, in chapter 10 here in verse uh, 7, look at this. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. And go down to verse 9, I am the door. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. And we go over Um, in uh, verse 27 look what he says here my sheep hear my voice and i know them they follow me so he's claiming here to be the great shepherd the shepherd and all who believe on him are his sheep now hold your finger here and we're going to be going over to ezekiel old testament go back to ezekiel chapter 34 Excuse me. So in Ezekiel chapter 34, there's a whole bunch of claims here by God that is that really, really sticks out. In Ezekiel 34, we're just going to be skipping through here a bunch of verses, and I just want to look at a couple words in each one. So in Ezekiel 34, we're starting at verse 6. My sheep wandered through all the mountains, upon every hill, yea, my flock. Verse 8. As, as I live, saith the Lord, surely, because my flock, they came prey, my flock. And down at the end of verse 8, my flock, and again, my flock. Verse 10. Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock. And at the end of verse 10, my flock, from their mouth. Uh, verse 11. For thus saith the Lord God, behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. Verse 12, as a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. Verse 14, I will feed them in a good pasture. Verse 15, I will feed my flock. Verse 17, and as for you, O my flock. Verse 19, and as for my flock. Verse 22, therefore will I save my flock. And go down to verse 31. And ye, and ye, my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men, and I am your God, saith the Lord God. So he really established something here. Now let's go back to Psalm 23. <clears throat> now in Psalm 23, everybody's already should know it off by heart. There's something I want to point out. Now, you notice it says, I will feed you in good pasture. In Ezekiel 34, well, that's reminiscent of Psalm 23, wouldn't you say? Take a look at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, Lord, if you take a look, is all uppercase. L-O-R-D. All uppercase. That means Jehovah God. So, the Lord God Almighty, Jehovah God, is my shepherd. Okay? Go back. To John chapter 10. Now we're going to go back to verse 25 of John chapter 10. Now the question, can a person be born again saved, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, be indwelt by the spirit of the living God, have the Lord God as their shepherd, and have no evidence. No symptoms of salvation shown. Is there any evidence? Well, what does Jesus say? The Lord God, now he's our shepherd, he's guiding us. The sheep following along, as I told you, look, like it says, Jesus answered, I told you and you believe not, the works that I do by my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Okay, now what are some of the works that Jesus would do in our life? We're going to be looking at that. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Verse 27, what does it say? My sheep... The Lord God, those who have believed on him, he is their leader, their king, their shepherd, their redeemer. My sheep hear my voice. They listen to me. When I speak, they move. If I say lay down here, they lay down here. If I say eat this grass, they eat this grass. If I call them, they come. If I have them stay, they stay. They do what I say. My sheep hear my voice. So there's obedience. There's obedience to the voice of God. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They follow the Lord. There's evidence. And I give unto them, them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Now pluck them out of my hand. Okay, so that's the first point I want to make here. The second is I want to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. What is the next sign of this? He says, My sheep hear my voice, what would be a sign of that? What would be an evidence of that? We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter two, and what, verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. But the natural man, that's the unsaved man in the natural state, the sin state, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But, let's hold the, the, the pin in that just for a second. We're we going to do a lot of flipping today. Let's go over to John, back to John. <laughs> and we're going to take a look at verse uh, chapter 14, John chapter 14 and verse 26. Because it's very very important that you see these passages that you put this together yourself John chapter 14 verse 26 so hold your finger there okay, just one more time to the natural man receive not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him neither can he know them for they are spiritually discerned so an unsaved man is not going to be able to understand spiritual things of God but when you're saved and you're in dwelt with the Spirit of God John chapter fourteen verse twenty six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, and the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So when you're born again, saved, and dwelt with the Spirit of God, Ephesians 13 Ephesians four thirty. You're sealed by the Spirit of God, which is the Comforter, the Holy Ghost. He will teach you. he cause you to be remembrance. So you will have. Uh, have understanding of this of the Word of God, you'll understand the spiritual things of God, you'll have the understanding, you'll have that enlightenment by the Holy Ghost. Okay? This also is John 16, verse 8. John 16, verse 8. <clears throat> and when he has come, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when he does come upon you. When he has come, he will reprove, means to teach, guide, guard, instruct, convict. He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So, you don't have to turn there, but in Galatians chapter 3, I'll just turn there real quick. Galatians chapter 3, as you see, verse 23, but before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. So before you're saved, you're under the schoolmaster of the law, which convicts you of your sin, shows you your need, brings you to the cross, and shows you there must be a penalty for sin. Jesus Christ shows this by his death and shedding of blood, that he is the savior He delivers us from the condemnation. And we are removed from that state of the schoolmaster of the law and put under a new teacher, the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God becomes our new teacher. He teaches us. He convicts us. Now, with that, we see uh, one more point I want to make in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As you see, there are evidences, there are signs, there are proofs, there are many, many. I'm just looking at just a few of them today, just to point out this, because there are some that say, well, as long as they said the prayer, well, as long as they just believed. But if there's absolutely not one single shred of evidence in them, and there's no difference between them and the world, it makes you wonder. And I kind of agree along the lines of the great preacher J.C. Ryle. He says, if there's no conviction of sin, there's no Holy Spirit with him. There's no conviction of sin. Because the Bible says there will be conviction of sin. There will be conviction of righteousness. There will be conviction of understanding. You will hear his voice. You will follow him. And there will be signs. Now let me take a look for example at yet one more in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3. Look at verse 3. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God, so the Spirit of God is in them, and they're speaking with the Spirit of God in them, speaking by the Spirit of God, no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So, to even to be able to confess that Jesus Christ of the Bible, that has to be specifically the Christ of Scripture, Because as we heard this morning by Pastor Paul, as the scriptures talk about, as Jesus is saying, there are many false Christs. So this is confession of the true Christ. No man can confess the true Christ is Lord, but by the the guidance and enlightenment of the Holy Spirit of God. But also, look at this, no man speaking by the Spirit of God, who has the Spirit of God, is able to curse Christ. You won't be able to curse Christ. The Spirit of God won't let you, be such great conviction you won't walk to. Because he's your Lord, and you will never deny him, reject him, to curse him. It's what it says. It's what it says right there. And it reminds me, years ago, I used to work as a security guard a night shift on the, the crew there. And there was one fellow there that just bothered me so much as he was so adamantly confessed Christ he so adamantly believed in Jesus and the whole faith and everything and he was so uh, so sure of it but he would regularly regularly use the name of Jesus Christ as a cuss word regularly all the time blaspheming Jesus Christ and the omgs and all the rest of it and I, I even questioned him on that one time, and he just got all weird with me and upset that at, at I dare question him. And, but it just this verse, and the Lord showed me this verse, that how can, how can you say you're a born-again Christian, that Jesus Christ, your Lord, your God, and your Master, you believe in him for your salvation, and you drag his name through the mud and you blaspheme him? That's not possible. I'm sorry, I, I do not accept that. That, that one who could save their Christian and, and actually be saved and blaspheme Jesus Christ with no conviction. Because that's the thing, he had no conviction. But if one is truly born again saved, there would be great conviction on sin and uh, all kinds of things. And especially when it comes to blasphemy, when you hear the name of Jesus blaspheme something inside of you, you feel it, like it's grieved. It's grieved, and it disgusts you, and it bothers you to hear that. Here's here's another one. If we go over to 1 John. Now, can a Christian sin? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Can a Christian fall into deep air and deception? Yes, absolutely. Will he stay there? No. No. Look at the prodigal son. He would say, well, the prodigal son, yeah, but, 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 but the one thing we're not told is how long he was away. One thing we're not told is time frame. What we are told is that he did walk away, he did fall into sin, but we're also told he did come under great conviction. He realized he was wrong and he wanted to return. That right there is a story. It's a story uh, of the the wayward, the sheep that has wandered, being brought back. And we see the great grace and mercy of the Father at, at, at running and embracing him before the son even repented, before the son even changed his clothes. The Father embraces him in all the mud and the manure and kisses him and and forgives him right there before the son even repented, because we show the conviction of the son returning and the great evidence of this. Of repentance and if you go through first uh, first John one of the, the greatest evidences that John points out is, as evidences of salvation is conviction conviction of sin conviction of the fellowship conviction of the faith so if we take a look at first John chapter 1 and starting at verse 5 <clears throat> This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and and in him is no darkness at all. Look at verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, that means to walk in as your way. This is your way. Your way of life. And walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. This is our way, our life now. This is who we are. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So right there, the word of God says that uh, you, will, you will love righteousness and hate, hate iniquity, as the Bible says. <clears throat> that, that will be in you. Now look at verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we see that there is gonna be conviction as the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We see righteous judgment is by the word of God. He will he'll correct us and reprove us and instruct us by the word of God. And we see a, a pull. A pull to repentance, to the penitent heart. A person who is not penitent, who is not repentant of the sin, who shows no conviction. Can that person who has no symptoms of the Holy Ghost in them, who shows no evidence, can we say that that person is saved? Well, see, this is where where it gets contentious where it gets a bit bit troubling, but this is the way that I look at it, personally, so if you don't agree, you just plug your ears. But uh, I look at it as this thing. You can't judge right off the bat because, well, if we were to look, for example, we're standing on the sideline and we see the prodigal son doing what he's doing, we say, well, obviously he's not of the father. And he's independent of the pigs. Look what he's doing now, doing that which is forbidden. Obviously he's not saved. This is why Jesus says to judge not after the appearance, but judge righteous judgment righteously it's long suffering. You will wait and you will judge by the doctrine coming out of the heart and you will look for conviction. You will pray for conviction to come upon them that if they're not saved they will be but if they are that they will return. See we can't just look at a person and say, oh look what they're doing, look what they look like and oh they're not doing this, they're not doing that you can't do that. There will be signs of salvation and sometimes some of these things, here's the other thing here we're looking at conviction. Look at verse 10 of 1 John chapter 1, verse 10. <clears throat> if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. The thing about, about conviction, not everybody is really open in public. About their life their struggles like for example, it's a joke that when you come to church. Everybody's doing great Yeah, how you doing everybody's great? And you don't really talk about your struggles, you don't talk about your private sins You don't talk about make public your your private uh, issues and things in your life You don't really make it known so people can't really know what's going on Sometimes our inner turmoil isn't made public, but it's between us and the father He knows those that are his. I know those that are mine, Jesus says. We don't. We don't. We don't always. So the signs and the evidences then are between the sheep and the shepherd. The evidences we see here that if a sheep truly is of the shepherd, the shepherd will know it's that the, the sheep don't always know we look for some of these things uh, by, uh, you shall know them by their love that we know we know each other when we come to each other we confess Christ we judge each other righteously by the doctrine coming out of the heart and by certain things we can tell but we can't always know so we've got to be careful how we judge, careful how we look at one another and this is where the hyper-legalist looks and judges after the appearance and that's wrong, we can't do that but these signs will follow them, the Lord says. He says uh, uh, to go and to, to preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Lord, and these signs will follow, but also is, uh, with that, but these signs will also follow. There will be signs is my point. I'm not arguing about, well, Well, how can we know in all this? No, what my point, that my argument here today is that uh, there will be signs. There will be evidences. We may not always see it right away. We may, it may not always be public, but there will be. You look at the prodigal. He did fall under conviction. He did return. That's the point. People argue, well, when I say, well, when did the prodigal cease to be son of his father? Well, the father did say my son was as dead. Did, was he actually dead? No. Did he actually cease to be a blood relative of his father? Blood related. Did he cease? No. The point is that he did wander. It was like as if, because he was not with his father, but he did not cease being a child of his father. But because he was of his father, he wanted to return to his father. There's the conviction. There's the sign. And the point that I'm making here, that you can take from this, asymptomatic Salvation is not salvation of the Bible. As you see, there will be symptoms, there will be signs, there will be evidences, there will be proofs of it in one way, shape, or form, either we see by conviction of sin, conviction of righteousness, understanding of the word of God, uh, that uh, when the name of Jesus Christ is mentioned, there is a joy, when it's blasphemed, there's grief, there's all kinds of signs and evidences. Love of the brethren, uh, the love of the praise, there's so many signs and evidences, conviction of sin. Or like when one is under great sin, they've committed a great sin and they've wandered away. And like Nathan the prophet comes up and points out, thou art the man. And immediately falls on them a great grief of their sin. They fall before the Lord. There's so many evidences of the sealing of the Spirit of God. And that's what we're looking at. So whether by our time scale we can't judge by our view. Our point of what I think, what I feel, what I believe, or how our denomination may determine it, or whatever. What does the Bible say? You give it time, you watch it, you pray, and you look for these things. If a person truly is born again and saved, it will be made manifest. That's what the Word of God says. Let's pray. <clears throat> Our Father, we do thank you for this time, and Lord, for the power of your word, and that you give us great comfort and understanding in all these things, that you are not the author of confusion, but you give us peace and power and wisdom by your word, that your spirit does teach us, you do convict us, you do draw us. Lord, your voice is heard, and Lord, I pray that your voice would be heard this day. Lord, I pray that uh, you would truly convict us, draw us unto yourself, forgive us of our sins, teach us of your word, O Lord. Bless us as we go our way. In the name of our Lord Jesus we pray, amen.